Welcome to Fields of Consciousness, a podcast for consciousness conversations with your host, myself, Jeffrey Stegman. And I'm Clayton Stegman. As consciousness explorers and founders of Focus Life Force Energy, we're here to bring a holistic approach to consciousness and to share practical examples of how you can take your life to the next level. This is the multi-part series, and we have a very special guest, psychologist, master researcher, and our friend, Gary Schwartz. Celebrate with us this conversation on synchronicities and what they can mean for your life. So Gary, how does our consciousness, our intentions affect this? I mean, so we're having this you could say external, you know, we know that if there's, if there's consciousness underpinning everything, you know, and it's one mind and we're just an expression of that. But, you know, here we are thinking of something and then these synchronicities show up. Um, so there's this intention or I know in your book, you talked about times when you, you know, were really sort of, passionately asking the universe for an answer so that there's this thought and then there's the kind of strong thought out there affecting and then the answer back is this amazing coordination and time and space of these signs or these synchronicities you know jeff that's one of the deepest and most profound questions and the one that i have it's one of the, I would say, maybe top three or four questions that I have struggled with as a as someone who ultimately considers himself to be a conservative scientist in the mm-hmm. sense that I require evidence before reaching a conclusion. And I say conservative because I require a lot of data. Particularly, and the more the more controversial, or the more novel, or the more important the the question and its potential interpretation, the more data that I require. And my hunch is that the universe, you know, gets back to the staircase of explanations that we'll address in a bit, is that the to the extent that the that this ultimately involves the active collaboration of a universal one mind, divine mind, then it's going to appreciate the genuineness of my desire for certainty of evidence. Mm -hmm. And therefore it will put up with my saying, I need more evidence before I can reach a conclusion Mm -hmm. about this. In other words, it forgives me for my uh, need for data. Like I think it Mm -hmm. forgives you and Clayton, you're, you're putting numbers on everything and checking things and be as careful as you are, which is something I admire. Okay. Um, consciousness plays multiple roles. So what, what I'll do now is give you my conclusions based on, you know, 30 plus years of collecting all these data and writing this paper mm-hmm. and book and 
know, giving talks about this and stuff. And then we can then you can then we can then question them. Well, how did I reach these conclusions? Number one is that synchronicity. One aspect of your consciousness is you have to be you have to be able to notice it. You have to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. As uh, as um, Jung said, you know, uh, synchronicity is an ever present reality for those who have eyes to see. Mm-hmm. And the key is to have eyes to see means first of all you have to have the physical capability to be able to sense something. And I recently, um, because I was losing sight due to cataracts, and then it was uh, the miracle science and, and surgery of contemporary cataract surgery gave me vision, visual, you know, literal vision that is greater than I've had since I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, the If you can't see something, then you can't, you can't, you can't go further with it. And so it's sort of like if you if you want to see a yellow bird, you have to be willing to look for birds. You have to be open to seeing birds. You have to be where the birds are. If you're going to be a bird watcher, you have to have an intention to watch birds. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean to say that you can't be not looking and have a surprise occur, but you have to be willing to see the surprise and you have to have to know that it's there. So there's the intention to look. There's the intention to, to notice. Mm. Then there is the... The question of of the extent to which you are requesting information mm. um, and requesting it for what purpose? It has been my sense mm. that the the that people who experience more synchronicities are not only open to seeing synchronicity and are even uh, um, you know, on the lookout for synchronicity, but their purposes are genuine. And they're, and they're, hmm. they're not like a malevolent and they're not, quote, mm-hmm. selfish per se. What I mean by selfish is mm-hmm. that they're, it's as if, it's as if the universe wishes to gift us these events, mm. the more that not only do we have a genuine need for it, but they won't be wasted. And mm. the extent to which they are gift, not to you, just to you, but in turn, mm. your ability to be of service to others, mm. you then are more likely to receive them. And also, mm. I think, curiously involve other people in mm. their gathering. Mm. Because my experience is also that the more frequent the synchronicities are, typically involves more people, mm-hmm. and there are levels of meaning or relevance mm. to people directly or indirectly. Mm. So, for example, if somebody brings up a a, a moment like, let's take soup, um, why did I, why did I overtly say? ask about that. Um, I didn't simply ask about this because I was curious myself to track it as a synchronicity, although I was. I shared it in part because I thought it would make you and Jeff and and the others who are part of this call smile. Um, and I thought it would trigger, it could be potentially useful in the service of the greater intention 
mm. of this um, uh, moment, this this special podcast um, on St. Patrick for St. Patrick's Day and quote luck, you know. <laughs> um, and so, to the extent that your intention is not just for self but for others mm. and for the higher and greater good, my experience has been the more therefore frequently they are provided. And I say this because I then generalize to other people I know who live their lives like that and who also uh, are blessed like, you know, Rhonda and I are, and you guys are, to experience synchronicities at the, you know, at the level that you do. Um, mm -hmm. I also, um, you know, sometimes we have a, we have a, a, an important decision to make. Mm -hmm. And um, again, that decision is not doesn't affect just us, but it affects our loved ones. It may affect a business. It may affect yeah. other people that we care about, and so on. And and you're concerned about those multiple. You're you have a conscious mm -hmm. awareness of that, so you mm -hmm. seek guidance for that. Um, the way I explain it to people, because I'm very cautious about drawing a specific conclusion about synchronicities unless I have enough of them and then the meaning has become sufficiently clear that mm -hmm. I can feel comfortable making an inference. And again, mm -hmm. I approach this, you know, um, conservatively. And the way I, the way I summarize it is as follows. I never make a decision, an important decision because of synchronicities. Mm -hmm. Meaning if something happens and there's synchronous and it's synch and there's a lot of synchronicities, I don't immediately just think, well, that's a sign for X, and therefore mm -hmm. I should follow those events. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm I've learned that lesson. I'm very careful about that. On the other hand, I never make an important decision unless it's accompanied by independently confirmatory synchronicities. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if I am making a decision and then – there are synchronicities that support that choice versus other choices, then I'm more likely to make mm -hmm. that, that decision. And it's, to, and it's, a, it, it's, and that's often, you know, more often uh, been, you know, mm -hmm. you know, confirmed. So mm -hmm. our, our consciousness and our intention is, I think, well, it, it's, it's a co-creative process but it's not like that my mind makes the yellow car appear or <laughs> my mind makes you think about soup or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but my intentions and my, um, and which includes what I'm going to do with it, I think is very meaningfully related to the, which the extent to which the universe nourishes us mm -hmm. with these gifts. Mm -hmm. And is your is your assumption along with that, Gary, or, or or where would you put the level of consciousness of the person looking for synchronicities in that formula? Would you oh, wow. would you infer that a higher level of consciousness person would either co-create or recognize more synchronicities? Um. Okay, it's a great hypothesis. By the way, I really prefer being the interviewer than the interviewee. <laughs> the and I would much rather be asking you guys questions. Well, you don't have to answer that. No, no, no. I do. No, you yes. deserve it. It deserves an answer, and you deserve an answer. 
and the audience deserves to hear, I think, you know, my reflection on that. I'm just sharing with you that mm-hmm. I would rather but having said that, um, since you did ask me to be a guest on the show and not an interviewer on the show. I'm um, not sure I understand. I'm not sure I understand. Somebody, either Siri or somebody else just spoke to me, which is very <laughs> yes. odd. Sorry, I wasn't asking you. Okay, at least I, don't, I wasn't consciously asking you. Um, Based on my understanding of levels of, of consciousness, conscious awareness and um, consciousness field and so on, I would be forced to entertain the hypothesis that all things being equal, mm-hmm. people who, who develop higher consciousness capability, awareness, higher consciousness fields, that literally almost like a side effect mm-hmm. of that higher consciousness is mm-hmm. to be become more aware of synchronicity and connection to be more mm-hmm. likely to receive such events, to be more likely to celebrate such events, be grateful for such events, events and so on. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the quote, spiritual wealth mm-hmm. that comes with the um, developing a, a higher level of consciousness. Um, I think it matches up with what you said, Gary, about kind of noticing that people that are on a benevolent serving path, serving others path, you know, seem more likely to experience in that. And that that's, that's a, I guess, a characteristic of certain levels of consciousness to have that yes. sort of a higher level of consciousness. And then I, it also reminds me of Dr. David Hawkins theories around consciousness that, each point upwards on the scale has 10 times more power, Ooh. 10 times more energy. So it's almost like this, there's a loud, like turning up the speaker, you know, and um, like, like the higher you go, you know, you're at an eight, then you're at a nine, you're at a 10. You're speaking to the universe or to the divinity with more power, perhaps? I mean, I'm just throwing it's this out there as an idea. Right, and con- and that's what conditional probability does, too, because it constantly mm. multiplies the improbability, mm. or, and therefore mm. it's significant. That's a very interesting kind of, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, parallel. You know, some people, particularly skeptics or people, you know, highly, you know, people who are highly questionable of this, they they think, well, it's just that, it's just that nice people or kind people that they're, they're just more open or they're, mm-hmm. they just look more and therefore they see more. Um, mm-hmm. And that is a hypothesis you have to rule out, i.e. there has to be more evidence than just looking. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. not you know, open to looking. The events really have to happen. So this is a real phenomena. It's, it, it's literally an increase in improbability this would happen, happen by chance. Or putting it another way, it's an increased mm-hmm. probability that this will be happening above chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a real phenomena, not just one that you are aware of because mm-hmm. you're looking. And you could say it's divinity speaking to us in math, right? I mean, like, the, okay, this problem, this is so, you know, improbable probability of this occurring, you know, that it's a nonlinear event. And I, I saw that in, in your book. And uh, I like that since 
you know, we call FLFE a nonlinear service. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. That, um, you know, this, this is occurring and the math is speaking to us. You know, if you look, pay attention to the probability times the probability times the probability of all six things occurring, that it's such a huge number that it couldn't, it couldn't, just couldn't happen by chance. Um, so there's that speaking to us about the importance of it, you know, then, and, and I'm not even, you know, my mind, it's just completely mind bending to me that, that we have our intention. We're asking for help. The, the reality gets bent into time and space into this, you know, say it's, you know, six yellow cars, um, showing up in this short amount of time for us. And then it's saying something to us. It's like the importance of that, like paying attention to that, to this way of being communicated to. It's so incredibly complex, that orchestration of that. I'm just kind of in the awe of that right now. Yes. And the the awe only gets worse or greater. (laughs) The deeper you appreciate it and the more that you actually experience the events. Um, You know, as I was listening to you and um, not only are the other parallels striking to put it mildly, which is probably the reason why the two of you felt that this was an appropriate podcast and on a special day on that, and that maybe I could, could, could contribute to this in some way, but it also addresses the question of, well, if God is speaking to us, why is God being so obtuse? I mean, why doesn't God give us, a simple, you know, do this or here's the answer or whatever. <laughs> um, and I should say that, um, and I'm more than willing to confess this, uh, I first I shared it in a book I wrote in 2006 called The G.O.D. Experiments. G.O.D. stands for Guiding, Organizing, Designing Process. Mm. With a subtitle is how God is, dis- how science is discovering God and everything, including us. Um mm. During the same period of time that I first stumbled upon uh, supersynchronicity, starting with the number eleven, was um, was the first time that I ever asked the universe a question. I called asking the universe a question in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. uh, and received a very. Exp- I asked a specific question. I received a very specific answer, and mm-hmm. then, to my quote dismay, discovered that it actually had deep meaning, and it was highly evidential that. You, the supporting the phrase, be careful for what you ask for. Um, um, by the way, I, I was so frightened by the implications that, that the universe could actually respond to requests that I didn't ask another universe, question of the universe for over 10 years. I mean, it was because <laughs> it was very, you know, controversial to put it mildly. Anyway, and now I do this quite regularly. And I can receive, I can very often, I can ask a question in the middle of the night, you know, when I'm away from in a state of what I call non-sensory awareness. Um, and an answer will, quote, pop into my head, which turns out to be, you know, highly, quote, evidential and, and meaningful and, and practical that I never consciously would have, you know, I talk about outside the box. I'm way outside mm-hmm. the box. Um, but why on the one hand, and these are questions that I have, but I, but I can't answer you right now. Why on the one hand, if I ask a question of the universe under certain circumstances, can I receive a direct answer? And under the other circumstances, 
it's like a breadcrumb universe. That's what Rhonda calls it, where you're following the crumbs step by step. And if the universe says, yeah, I don't have it yet. I'm going to give you this one. But it doesn't, it, it's sort of like it stays anonymous it, mm. and it leaves the decision to us. And mm. it requires that we mm. rise mm -hmm. and elevate our consciousness and understanding Mm. To it, it's it's not quote spoiling us in that sense, nor mm. is it quote just giving us the answers. We have to we have to come to understand them. We have mm. to work to receive them. Um, mm. Why you know why is that effort? Now I've come to the conclusion that it's a very deliberate and active and loving intention on the part of divinity, mm. and that mm. um, it serves a higher purpose. And that mm -hmm. I should become peaceful with that. How and um, which means part of that means that you, I, I remain comfortable being mystified, and you know, and well, say the answer will come in the times right, and so on. Um, but on the other hand, it also, it also says that the, that, that there could be very deep meaning, and it doesn't. You've heard the phrase um, "throwing pearls to swine," you know mm -hmm. that you. You don't want to. You want to give people information who are ready to receive it and who also won't abuse it and will potentially mm -hmm. celebrate it. So I want to get back to the question of eleven yellow. Why all this yellow? Why all this yellow gold? Why now? Is it mm -hmm. is there just one purpose for me personally, or mm -hmm. Rhonda and I purposely, or are there layers of meaning, and that there are mm -hmm. both lower meanings and higher meanings, and they're all talk about awe-inspiring they're all built into the to the one message hmm. and hmm. it's our challenge to be able to see and and appreciate the higher hmm. levels and then the question hmm. is are we brave enough to accept them hmm. and one of the things that i've come to over the past couple of weeks and flfe is right in the middle of this is that what the universe is, could be saying to me is gary hmm. don't forget yellow the yellow and the yellow gold is significant for mm. its 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 light reasons, its energy reasons, its spiritual mm. reasons, mm. and we want this to be highlighted in your life. We want you to to stay in the of the in the metaphor of the yellow brick road path, but of the <laughs> yellow gold, that, and, that, and that anything that you do that is that that embedded in yellow and gold, both at a material level and a spiritual level, mm. is information that's going to, um, that people must remain, that they must learn, and then once they've <laughs> learned it, not disconnect from. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I think you're reading between the lines and both of you are, are, are seeing this. <laughs> yes. and, and we see this, in all kinds of, once you start being open to that idea mm. that there's something special, you know, you see it. You see it in ancient uh, uh, religious relics. You see it in the halos around the saints. Mm. You see it in the the gold connected to Jesus. You see it in there. There, there's a, a vast array of historical mm. representations and replications. Mm. Um, you see it in in people's associations to you know yellow people experience yellow they experience joy they experience 
sunshine. They experience hope. They experience peace. They experience mm. energy. They experience love. Yellow <laughs> is a very, you know, special uh, mm. color. Most people would prefer to be in a sunny day than a cloudy day. Okay. I mean, <laughs> and there's a reason for that. And wouldn't it be amazing if that's also embedded into healing and it's embedded into the evolution of us being a peaceful species and and mm. and being more focused in the yellow frequencies, at wow. least for certain and white frequencies. So I'll so, set it up. Go ahead. So Gary, have we ever talked to you about where the yellow and the logo comes from? No. So intuitives looking at the FLFE environment see a yellow gold color. Really? Is that right, Clayton? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's been a, I'm just remembering one of them. There was a, a lady who worked at a, she was in training to be a biologist and they were doing, um, they had to do, uh, they had to dissect frogs and things as part of their training. And she felt bad about that. And um, so she ended up putting the service on the building and then she noticed that um, there's this yellow energy around things. And I've only seen it a few times. One of the few times I've seen it is when we had a piece of the FLF machine on top of my fridge at an apartment I lived in. Every once in a while, I would see it come out. So I think it's something about the way the fridge interacted with the machine. At least that's my assumption, because that's the only time I've ever seen it. Well, you know, it's rare for people to see energy. Mm -hmm. And also, for the record, very few there's very few empirical research to see whether there's even interreliability reliability among certain you know energy being associated with certain materials or mm -hmm. certain people or certain emotions and so on. But uh, but having said that, you know, proviso, um, the fact is that okay. Let me frame it as a question: What does it mean to the two of you? that yellow is seen around at the FLFE environment that, and that you have also mm -hmm. chosen it to be the symbol, the icon for FLFE. Mm -hmm. Well, when we prayed about, like we spent a lot of time and what was, what is your will for us, Lord? The, what is your will for us, Lord space? How would you like this logo to look God, you know? And we just got shown what it was. That's how it worked. And um, we probably had, well, at least half a dozen people like, anonymously unsolicited tell us, oh, I've seen it. And it was this yellow sepia tone, goldish color, the, the FLFE service. So that, that has, I mean, we haven't documented it in the way that uh, you, you probably would have, but it just, it just happened over the years. Right. But does it have deeper meaning now? Does it, for example, I know you have an interest in services that relate to gold or so on or anything that you could share, you know, com comfortably share publicly that, that, that speak to the, you know, why a gold and yellow light? I think, you know, for me, the gold is such a warmth and it, so the sun comes to mind and what's, in my readings lately about this, the relationship between the sun and the earth and our personal evolution, that there's this connection of evolution and information in the light, you know? So there's this connection to light and the sun for me and the yellow 
color. Um, that's the meaning, the meaning for me in that it's almost the color of evolution or the color of, of, um, I don't know, divine light or divine light slash information, uh, coming, coming into us. So that's, um, that's what comes to mind for me in around yellow and FLFE. I can't say I have any other correlation to it. I haven't, I haven't thought about it from that perspective. It's in terms of the uh, the sepia toned, almost opaque. Um, it's like when you're looking through a piece of opaque glass and you can't quite see through it. There's a, there's like there's a quality to that, or it's like a sunset yeah. where it's. Uh, or sunrise where there's uh, everything is covered in yellow, like the golden hour, they call it in photography. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't, haven't thought about much more. Okay. You know, this is very important, and I, and I hope that your podcast listeners can appreciate sort of the evolutionary path that, that all of us are on, that we're all, you know, students in all of this. Um, mm -hmm. No matter where we are in our histories, we're, 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 and, and collectively we're on a journey together. Um, when I, I gave a talk to the Society for Psychical Research, coincidentally, um, eight days ago, um, on synchronicity, they asked me to speak about this. The Society for Psychical Research is, was founded in, in England over 100 years ago, and it is the premier organization devoted to survival conscious after physical death and other kinds of, of spiritual um, science coming from the scientific world mm. and um and i decided at the last minute because of this flurry of the yellow synchronicities that i would use it as the as an example of contemporary that is real time right now mm. super synchronicities occurring and um but i didn't have any at the, this was of course delivered what we're talking about only eight days ago um if i remember correctly um the, anyway, I had very little clarity about quote, you know, what it meant. And one of the people in the audience during the question and answer period, um, audience meaning the virtual audience, um, said, well, gee, Gary, does, does the color yellow mean anything to you? What does it bring to your mind when you think of yellow? I never thought about yellow. At least I thought I didn't think about yellow. And then I was reminded that a basic science question that mystifies me still to this day, and that I'm dealing with on the question about the relationship between consciousness and the brain, has to do with the fact that we know that there really is something called yellow. You know, lemons in the world look yellow to us, and we know the sun looks yellow to us, and yellow finches look yellow to us. They really look yellow. Um, but on on RGB computers, like we're all looking at computer screens, there is no yellow frequency. There are only three color, there are only three LED, um, like there are only three frequencies that are, that are being generated by pixels, red, green, and blue, it's called RGB. And what happens is when the red light and the green light occur simultaneously, mm. we don't see brown, which is what happened in your mixed paint, for example, or whatever, we see yellow. We see bright yellow. <laughs> so somehow, um, and our eyes are the same way. That's why it, there's this 
mirror image between the receptors in our eye, the three types of mm. colored receptors in our eyes, and the three types mm. of lights, it makes it much easier to, to express the vast spectrum of colors if you could just use three frequencies of light and then mix them like a soup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yellow is a soup frequency. It's an emergent mm. property, okay? Uh, mm. Red-green, where neither one of them by themselves, you know, make mm. you would never guess they would make <laughs> yellow any more than hydrogen and oxygen <laughs> by themselves would mix and make water. Okay? Mm. It's called an emergent property in systems terms. So I have been pondering how mm. did divinity come <laughs> up with the cape of the idea <laughs> of mixing these three colors. Because if that's if if we're talking about an infinite mm. intelligence, infinitely mm. loving, infinitely intelligent mind, <laughs> grand mind, and it is the quote creator of everything, including us. Um, and yes, we are quote co-creators with it, but we're within it. We're a subset of it. It's not outside us. It's Mm. in and outside everything. Um, How did it come up with that idea? (laughs) And what's that telling us Mm. about its mind? Mm. And also maybe something now I'm free associating Mm. about missing what happens when you miss the real thing as opposed to just Mm. the representational thing, that we need yellow in our lives. Mm. And maybe we need that the map is not the territory. Mm. And we get lost (laughs) in the map and not the territory. We need the territory. Yes. (laughs) Well, the idea of of, of yellow being an emergent color. Yes. From from red and green, as you said, I mean, it reminds me of our evolutionary path that we're all on circling back to what we just said, that it's emergent. And we, we talk about a high consciousness zone being an, an emergent zone. I don't know if you've ever heard that. No. Where things are emerging sort of unbidden or truths become self-evident that weren't that, you know, evident before. So that emergent, quality seems to be you know the evolutionary path that we're on and you know back kind of circling further back to why are synchronicities there instead of just the answer it's honoring our free will as this piece of divinity that's that's evolving and that we're discovering these these things and they're emerging for us step-by-step as we go through this evolutionary process. So there are deep meta-parallels. So the, the, the yellow lesson, you know, the, the lesson of the yellow could be, as you said, multi-layered. Um, and I think the one that I don't want to lose is to get lost in the meta-lesson or lost in just I call it the little Gary, you know, it's okay to buy this car if you want, because it's, you know, make, it'll make you smile and run a smile. It'll keep you on the path. And, you know, and we want you to be happy and it's, you can afford it and all this stuff. But it wasn't just that, but that there was some middle ground here 
to the the work, not just the work, but the 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 uh, the ways in which we know divinity. In other words, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. the higher forms of divinity. Why is it that Jesus is typically seen and embedded in a in a golden yellow white light? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, why mm-hmm. is it that that and that could be that there's some deep significance to that, but mm. unless we ask the question, right, we won't even know the answer. And I think the universe is sort of uh, gently but firmly hitting me over the head, saying, hey, "Look, you've got the people to talk to. You've got Clayton and Jeff. You can. You got people there who are who are doing this work. That this mm. this is the perfect group to raise these kinds of." Questions. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I can't imagine it's a well. I guess I could imagine theoretically that the the energy source of the solar system and the energy source of other solar systems, from what I understand about the nature of suns, that they are yellow. Like that's I, so. There was this. This is an interesting conversation because this is what happens, Gary, when we start to hypothesize this there's this you put your science hat on and you take the 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 possibility or the hypothesis that one of us presents and you seem to be gracious enough to let us be human but not allow us with but not allow us to uh, transcend the uh or um or ignore the scientific process so as so from the scientific point of view how would you entertain the hypothesis that this um, universal basic life energy that is similar to, say, we call it life force energy, some people call it prana chi, how would, what's the cor- is there a reasonable correlation between assuming that because the sun is the source of life in the solar systems that certainly I'm aware of and I'm not an astronomer, or that isn't my specialty, um, what is the what are the odds that the sun is yellow and we're talking about yellow and associating with divinity? It just seems to be uh, pretty coincidental. I agree, <laughs> completely agree. Also, I heard, and again, you weren't being intentional about this, and Rhonda and I jokingly refer to these as almost synchronicities or stretches. Yes, but just like you said, you know, super, and we were talking about soup. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you said solar. And I was thinking about solar energy as S O U L A R. A solar system and a solar system mm-hmm. and a source system. Mm-hmm. My hunch is that it's not a coincidence mm. of these things. And that um, even if we don't, you know, fully understand them or even partially understand them, that doesn't mean we can't recognize the confluence Mm. and act upon them Mm. and not forget them. Because it may be that this yellow golden frequency, even to the point where that, you know, we're not going to lose it just with a subset of receptors. That's how, that's how much the, that's how much the divine doesn't want us to forget yellow. It could be that there's, that's something that's going to be relevant to the evolution of the technology and our use of the technology mm-hmm. in, F- in FLFE, in that, mm-hmm. that, that there's going to be this enhanced understanding. And yellows, mm-hmm. 
that golden yellow is going to be, I'm going to say, as you said, central and maybe evolutionarily fundamental. But if we don't entertain the hypothesis, we'll never, we'll never, we'll never make the discovery. We'll never, you know, find out whether mm. it's whether it's quote correct or not. Um, I'm just trying to enter the conversation, enter into the conversation, or participate in the conversation, uh, respecting the scientific process that one, a person like you, would apply to the rigor of exploring this, and, and still allow ourselves to have, you know, to be human and to have fun talking about it. With, with let's put it this way, the gems, the the diamonds, the gold, are precisely <laughs> those moments that come through the lips and vocal cords of a Clayton or a Jeff, and then we boring scientists who have these backgrounds, you know, we can plot along and see whether we can, you know, help them mm. Uh, mm. nourish them. You know, it's a, mm. it's again hydrogen oxygen make water. It's it, you know it's. It's mm. the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, mm -hmm. um, mm. you know. And some of us have more quote skills than the other, but one can't replace the other. Mm. You know, hydrogen can't mm -hmm. make water by itself, and neither can oxygen. And mm. a scientist like me quote can't do much without <laughs> the intuitive people <laughs> that I am blessed to have the privilege to be of service to. <laughs> Yes, there's one thing I didn't use in the suit metaphor, and I think that it's the, uh, I don't know if it's the Lado, but there is a, I see you as a spiritual devotee disguised as a scientist. <laughs> and uh, maybe the Lado is your spiritual devotion. So every time you take the, the, the soup out of the bowl to be served, or the soup is taken out of the bowl to be served, the, the, the Lado would be your underlying spiritual um, premise to life, given that uh, the soup cannot be served without the hand of God lifting the ladle or something to that effect. So I'm a synchronicity guru ladle. By the way, the um, when I was at Yale many, many years ago, it really was many years ago now, over almost 40 years, um, I realized after I had my, quote, beginnings of spiritual awakenings, because I remember I was an atheist, I was a mainstream Western trained person who had virtually no paranormal or other secrets I was aware of at the time. And since then, I've learned that I've had a few, but I didn't, couldn't place them in any context. Um, I realized that what I was becoming, and of course I couldn't tell anyone, was that I was becoming an empirical mystic, mm. an evidence-based mystic or spiritual person, you know, uh, and mm. what the Christians would call a Gnostic, you know, and the Kabbalists, you know, called whatever they called them. And that I was mm. in that same, but I had no experience in it. I had. I had no training in it. I didn't have a, there were no groups that I had been, mm. you know, um, mm -hmm. and the, and so it, I always consider myself to be an infant, an infant, you know, who needs a spoon <laughs> to be fed the <laughs> soup so that I can be, 
growing, but I think mm. I think that in my heart of hearts, um, mm. I'm like a lot of the people that 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 mm. surround that that you're surrounded by and and you guys serve, and I think that's also probably characteristic of of many of the, the customers of FLV. Mm -hmm. is that they're here as much for the community of like-minded, mm -hmm. like-hearted, like-spiritual like person, regardless of their, their education or their, you know, their training or their personal mm -hmm. circumstances. Um, mm -hmm. um, and again, that's part of the reason why a science-minded person like me can be can feel so at home bringing these these tools to the mm -hmm. to the mission that you're serving and talking about tools and so we're you know if this amazing information is there for us and and then there's something about the awe that it produces of seeing the complexity come together in these formations is like a celebration of the 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 universe, the entire complexity of creation. It seems that these synchronicity clusters are like that. And they, like you said, they seem to come in waves sometimes in, in up and down. Um, but how, what might be helpful is to go through some of the techniques that you've used, like as this tool of synchronicities of observing and understanding them. Like how do you go about it so that, the FLV community can, you know, learn from your knowledge and the way that you go about noticing them and seeing them. That's a really good question. Um, I have a section in the Super Synchronicity book where I sort of lay out a number of these steps quite explicitly. Mm. But the truth is, unless I review them or make a slide of them, I, I can't um, mm -hmm. give a, 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 a comprehensive list. But I can share some of the most salient ones that I personally use. Um, and that is, first and foremost, I acknowledge the, now I would have to say, I would have to say, I acknowledge the reality that these exist. Mm -hmm. I accept Jung's phrase, um, synchronicity is a never-present reality for those who have eyes to see. So I put the uh, responsibility back on me. No one's going to find a synchronicity for me. Only I can find the synchronicity. Only others, only we can find the synchronicities for ourselves. Other people can bring us synchronicities, particularly if they know we're looking for them, or they know we have an interest in something, or they'll, they'll, have, they'll have a moment, they're, they're not aware of it, but they're bringing it. Mm -hmm. they're, they're being unconscious, you know, uh, puppets of God, Ron refers to herself as a puppet of God, um, but she's very willing to be such a puppet. Um, so I think for the first thing is that I, um, if I put on my you know conservative scientist hat, I'm open to the possibility of synchronicity. If I say what mm -hmm. I really now, based on all the experience that I've had is um, I accept that they're real and I accept that it's my responsibility to be open to them. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, I try to always make time for them. And, um, and what I mean by make time for them, if I'm, for example, um, watching television, um, 
Uh, and uh, I was trying to think of one that happened last night. Um, uh, and there was one that was really obvious. I can't remember it right now. Anyway, I'll, all of a sudden, I'll see a television, I'll, I'll see a TV show that's on. That's exactly what I was working on and doing. And I, the probability of my working on it is extremely tiny. And the probability mm. of seeing it on television is so I, I notice an improbability. Mm. I take a photograph of it. Mm. I record it. Because if, if I don't record it, it's forgotten. Mm. Um, so I note, I note it when it happens. Mm. I, I make an active effort to say, thank you. And I also say gratitude. I say, thank you, universe. Mm. I should, I, and one of the ways mm. I honor the, 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 uh, the presence of the pairing is by photographing it or writing notes about it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, and then also celebrating it right at the bat, right at the mm -hmm. thing. The next thing that I will do is that I will, um, and I will record them um, as best I can, given the fact that I live in the physical world and I've got a busy life. And sometimes mm -hmm. when I flooded with synchronicity, I, you know, it's sort of like I have to stop my life just to keep just to keep the record straight, and I can't <laughs> typically do that. So, um, but I do make time. Like, like I have to make time to exercise, or we have to make time to uh, to meditate, mm -hmm. or whatever. The, we, there are things, certain things you have to make time for. You have to make time for processing them, mm -hmm. digesting them, because mm -hmm. um, otherwise you forget them, and it's. And of course, the more you have, the more you're going to forget because you know, mm. keep track of so many things. Um, there was a time when um, I wrote uh, every time that a, a super synchronicity occurred, whether it made any sense or not, I wrote myself an email listing the events and put it mm. in, a, in a, a special Gmail account devoted entirely just to keeping track of synchronicities. <laughs> and I have over a hundred of them there. And after a while I quote stop because I didn't have time to review them. I didn't have time mm -hmm. to look mm -hmm. at them um, and so on. Mm -hmm. But I, so I didn't, I didn't do it that religiously. I mean, I wish I could, but when any kind anything salient occurs, yellow notes of paper or in my mm -hmm. iPhone, I have in the quote note section, I will make mm -hmm. a listing. Mm -hmm. So there's this notion of being, actively involved. Um, then I think there's also the, um, of being able to experience the joy from them. Hmm. I mean, I, I, uh, in, instead of being frightened by them or confused by them or saying, Oh my God. I mean, every now and again, I must confess, you know, when I reached 50 events as of this morning with the yellow <laughs> events, uh, and the 50th, by the way, were the three cars driving back to the house in preparation for this podcast, <laughs> 50. And, that, and those three, I just counted as one event, you understand. Um, you know, sometimes I say, enough. I got it. You can stop now. Please, I, don't, I, I have to not write down these yellows for a while, universe. It's okay. How about if I talk about them on this, on this and I pass the buck? So now I've shared it with, you, with two of you and other people at Infolipi may hear this. And so now that it's not been wasted, it's not pearls to swine. If no mm. one, there's a, there's a, a line from, um, there was a musical 
Broadway musical by Stephen Sondheim called Sunday in the Park with George, which is about a pointless painter. There's a sidebar called uh, George uh, Surratt, mm. who was, again, I'd never heard of him until I saw the Broadway musical. Anyway, he painted with 11 colored dots and never mixed them. So it was all dots. Mm. And um, he, uh, there's a song which brought me to tears. Okay, and I saw it in Broadway probably six times and listened to the CD hundreds of times. There's a song called The Purple Hat. Mm where he, and in this painting on the Olive Saint Jacques or whatever it's called, you look at this painting and it's huge and you're stepping back and you see a purple hat. Mm -hmm. But when you walk up closely to the hat, you see there's no purple because mm -hmm. he didn't have purple color. He had red dots and he had blue dots. Mm -hmm. Now, when you put the dots side by side, not mixing them, color mixing them, you know, physically mixing mm -hmm. side by side, mm -hmm. they're just it's obvious that they're red and blue dots, but when you step back, the eye experiences this purple. Mm -hmm. And he talks about that the way he sees the world is that he, he sees a hat, then he enters the world of the hat. Then he mm -hmm. sees the world through the eyes of the hat. <laughs> and then he comes back out of the hat and paints the hat. Okay, And, and mm -hmm. Sondheim was brilliant in the lyrics of this, but he has this line, Toward the tail end of the this this um, two act old Surat and then great grandson Surat, um, where the line is a vision's just a vision if it's only in your head. If mm -hmm. no one gets to see it, it mm -hmm. might as well be dead. It has to come to light. Mm -hmm. So part <laughs> of the feeling that I have is that unless I share in particular, like these mm. yellow moments mm -hmm. for an audience and for people who might at least enjoy it, maybe find some meaning, but potentially can use this information. We'll see the connections and maybe so, so that we're not wasting it. In this way, I've, I've honored the synchronicities and also maybe I'll get a break from saying, okay, no more yellow synchronicities for a couple of days until it's time for me to do the next level of yellow work, at which point, you know, I'm all eyes <laughs> and, you know, all ears. Um, so there is, there is that sort of that, you know, that, that, that quality to it. Um, and also I'm, I am utterly comfortable about, about living in the mystery. Mm -hmm. um, mm. So even though I'm in awe and I'm in wonder, and I, you know, I said I, I can't believe this is happening, and and all those mind-bending, mind-numbing experiences, I'm um, I'm comfortable saying it really happened. It's really important. I don't understand it right now, but I'm going to live with it. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to say. Okay, maybe if I put the time into it, or maybe when the time is right, or whatever, that next step occurs. In the meantime, I get to experience the magic. Mm -hmm. this, you know, mm -hmm. this, the, just the joy mm. of the, mm. you know. <laughs> and I relish other people's synchronicities. You know, I say almost as much as my own. And what I mean by mm -hmm. almost as much is it's hard to experience somebody else's surprise, somebody else's awe, some the, the, mm. the level of meaning that something <laughs> can that somebody else can have. So, but mm. I, but I, I relish it vicariously for anyone else who has it. And I think that's also another reason, again, why I'm able to, you know, to see them. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of that's helpful or not. Yeah, just the magic part. Just It's like another reason for synchronicities, right? It's celebrating the magic as well as celebrating the you know, the complexity of the universe and of creation. It's celebrating the magic when it happens. So how would you, um, how would you recommend somebody get started? You know, just, we, we'd like, we like to give, um, some things people can do and try it at home. Um, how would you recommend somebody get started with synchronicities? You know, like today, Man, what a great, you know, no one has ever asked me that blunt a question before uh, on this topic. <laughs> uh, but remember also, I've avoided talking about this topic for all these years. I only went public with the book and then did zero, you know, advertising for it or, mm. you know, promotion of it. Um, I don't, I, I, I feel inadequate, believe it or not, to say how to start. I, I can only share... You know, the, my just being prepared for surprises and mm-hmm. following the surprises, you know, where mm-hmm. they took me. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, quote, how I started. Mm-hmm. What I would love to do, and you've just given me another gift. <laughs> another gift. At the tail end of the SPR presentation, and maybe we could do this through FLFE too, maybe there's some FLFE people would be interested in this. Um, even an FLFE project. I don't know. I'm, again, I'm free associating now. Um, when I gave this presentation to the SPR, Society of Psychological Research Community, um, I think it was the secretary of the organization. His, his name is Peter. He, um, he said, you know, he said, um, it, it, it might be interesting to start a, a synchronicity research group, you know, because Gary, you mentioned that you can do these kinds of things online and you can have virtual mm-hmm. groups and, and create a community. He said, maybe, you know, SPR could create a community of people who wanted to do synchronicity research or explore synchronicities. Mm. And we could actually do a formal project related to the organization. Mm. And I said, gee, that's a wonderful idea. You know, I'd be happy to, you know, talk to you about it. And then he, and this was again last week. And then he, he but didn't get back to me. And he emailed me just last night. So I'm sorry to get, haven't gotten back to you. And you know, things are very busy. He says, but I want you to know that we're actively thinking about this. And I have another colleague at the university who's also interested in synchronicity. And um, we'll be getting back to you. Um, I, you know, don't know the feasibility or the the wisdom of, of you know, hmm. of in a, in a, for example, in a company that does, that's concerned with higher consciousness, the evolution of higher consciousness in general, and of mm-hmm. course is providing a, a service for people um, that p- provides a whole host of benefits that people, you know, um, consistently report, um, as you know. Um, but if if part of the 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 larger business plan is to nurture. Um, you know, the evolution of higher consciousness and so on mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe there's something that could be done in the area of synchronicity um, that mm-hmm. where both data could be collected, but also training could be provided and people, mm-hmm. could, you know, share this. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's really should be part of higher consciousness work. And if it's one of the, it's one of those, you know, wonderful side effects or benefits um, 
it should be expounded upon and de- evolved, developed. And I'm now mm-hmm. reassociating. Larry Dossey wrote a beautiful oh, book yes. called One Mind, okay, where he mm-hmm. covered all of this research. Um, and he did so, you know, bringing together this whole wealth of information from a diverse area, all speaking to the idea of one mind. Okay. And I think Larry Dossey deeply believes in the notion of a unitary, you know, universal consciousness and the divinity and so on that plays out in many different areas of parapsychology mm. and spirituality. You know the area that was left out of his book of all the phenomena that he, went, he covered, a, covered the waterfront? The one exception was he didn't include synchronicity. It's not in his in his index. And he said, yeah, he says, I forgot about that. Yeah, I guess that's relevant also. And yet it's some of the best evidence for divinity talking to us. You know, it's, it's uh, someone who wrote a book called God Weeks. I mean, that that the language, Rhonda calls it the you know, language of the divine, as you did independently. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, you know, people are listening to this podcast or something, maybe, maybe there's something that, maybe there are certain special things that, that could evolve, that, mm-hmm. that would become opportunities that would, that would serve the greater community and nurture the, the FLFV mission, you know, as a business, as a public service, as a, you know, and so on. Yeah, let's ask the, the FLFV community to, to let us know if you're interested in, in learning more about synchronicities and, and joining us in a synchronicity group or experiment. And um, yeah, they can write into they're, they're uh, contacted the office or they can mention it on the Facebook page as well. And we'll, we'll take note. It would be. Yeah. We have been exploring the idea of uh, starting to do intention experiments, Gary, relative to, uh, Oh, uh, Lynn McTaggart's work. And I know that you participated in that. So this is kind oh, of, to yeah. me, there's starting to be a bridge formed here where wow. there's something about the intent. Cause we've been planning to do it maybe later this well, this is about uh, March 2022. So I was thinking maybe this summer or fall, we would have a monthly meeting where um, with, with the community where we, ha- we would have breakout rooms and we'd have an attention experiment running. And maybe this would be a nice yeah. kind of a bridge, you know, attention yeah. and synchronicity. So we'll, we'll talk more about that. Interesting. Yeah. Something there. we want to say you know one more kind of wrap it up piece for each of us that seems like we're winding down might be nice to um, see what else wants to be said yes I have a uh, a prayer I have a a prayer Gary Mm. to assist uh, myself and maybe others in creating a relationship with synchronicities that um, that would maybe help their life. It just came to me when you were talking. So I'll, this will be my close up. So, um, so God, uh, creator, divinity, um, please reveal your presence to me through synchronous, through synchronicities. Um, help me be aware of them. Um, help me see them clearly and and please repeat them as demonstrably as is needed so that I cannot miss your message. 
so that I may be more in your grace. Amen. Amen. I came up with another thousand of a thousand definition for synchronicities. Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna share it. All right, well, we're still recording, so let's, yeah, recording, let's, right? let's hear it. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, we have these 11 lessons of synchronicities, and I'm just like, you know, if you put something, it's like a, if you put something in front of me, I want to go down the list. It may, we may not want to do this, but there is these 11 lessons, which might be fun to do. It would make fun to do as a separate podcast if you want. Yeah, maybe we could do that. So, uh, okay, yeah. so synchronicities. Uh, so synchronicities are the language of divine. Are the, synchronicities are the language of the divine. A language? Yes, actually, synchronicities are the language of the divine, calibrates at 199 out of 1,000. Synchronicities mm -hmm. are a language of the divine that is 1,000 of 1,000. Wow, I love that. Because the distinction is that if it's sure. the language, it's the only one. And if it's a right. language, it's one of many. So mm -hmm. there's probably a lot, but I came up with this other one about synchronicities. So synchronicities are a guiding light to confirm that a person is in alignment with divine will. It's kind of like what we've been talking about today. It's a bit of a synthesis, you know, if you will, of yeah, uh, wow. the conversation. It just mm. kind of, and then there's another one that was really similar. Could, could you read that again, Clayton? Sure. Make sure I fully get that. Synchronicities are a guiding light to confirm that a person is in alignment with divine will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I'm thinking, okay, Lord, is this your will for me? You know, give me a sign. And all of a sudden I see seeing yellow cars, yellow cars, yellow, yellow cars. It's like, okay, well, that's my, that would be how I would interpret it being a sign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Synchronicities are a guiding light to confirm that a decision can be in alignment with the highest and best interest of all. That was a thousand of a thousand. If you say that it is absolutely in the highest and best interest of all, I think uh, it goes to below 200. And, and what I see coming in there is the mind getting attached mm -hmm. to Mm. That you know, it's looking for confirmation, confirmation in a way that creates tension. I haven't really thought that through before. There seems to be, it's like when you're relaxed and open, and you're just looking for the truth. My experience of synchronicities, anyway, is different than when there's a lot of tension. It's like, oh, I need a sign, and I need a soon, and I need four answers, and I want you know, it, there's a tension about it. So that one, I have to think about some more. The first one I really, the first one I like. First one I really See, like. my hunch is that your audience would really like to hear the two of your opinions and experiences with synchronicity, as opposed mm. to hearing the, you know, from the boring scientists. So, we well, want to reverse role someday. Yeah, we'll see. That's. Uh, <laughs> I used to. I used to. I used to, I used to uh, depend on synchronicities a lot to guide me. And when I got into muscle testing, I just chose. Exactly. Yeah, you have an additional tool here that is. Yeah. That is waiting to be manifested <laughs> and operationalized and, right, and validated and very, mm -hmm. you know, and, and expressed to the world. All in mm -hmm. good time. 
all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Mm-hmm. Well, my closer could be brief, and then as our primary host, you can um, <laughs> have the last word, I think. I think what I would like to do is first of all thank the two of you and also the, all the guidance you receive for um, giving me the opportunity to share some of this with you. And in terms of my prayer, what I would just say is, Divinity, please listen to Clayton. (laughs) 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 And P.S., you know, if, if, if this was not communicated in, in the spiritual manner it was invented, then I would say, God, then why did you give me sense of humor in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> but I really meant it. Listen to Clayton, please. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm. It's hard to top those two. Uh, yeah, grateful to have you on with us, Gary. It's always... Um, it just feeds my soul to have the three of us together mm-hmm. and talking. Mm-hmm. There's always something that emerges and it's, uh, and it's a lot of fun and a lot of laughing. And that it seems to me that one of those uh, characteristics of the golden light of divinity is humor. Mm-hmm. That there's, it's gotta be something funny about that golden light because there's, it's consistent in our, experience with you know messages that we hear that they're that humor and maybe that's part of the synchronicity search is the humor of it it's like here's your answer is right in front of your face (laughs) (laughs) amen amen Thank you for joining this episode of Fields of Consciousness, the podcast of Consciousness Conversations. We invite you to visit the link below the episode to experience a completely free trial of focused life force energy for 15 days. If you like, you can subscribe to the Fields of Consciousness podcast and tune in next time. We release new episodes every other week on Tuesdays at 11.11 a.m. PST. Onward and upward.